0: I'm Chris Turner, and this is Tapestries Empowered to Connect podcast. Greetings, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Tapestries Empowered to Connect podcast. Joining me once again are Ryan and Kayla North. Hi, guys. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. We got a, another listener email. And I thought it would be a good topic of conversation. So Hannah writes in and says, just wanted to let you know how much I've appreciated your podcast. Your examples are relatable and practical. I've listened to nearly all of them and have been so encouraged. Well, thank you very much, Hannah. She goes on to say, we have three bio kids who are six, four, and two, and a 16-year-old foreign exchange student who has lived with us for two years and will be with us for at least three more. We just became certified this month and are waiting for a placement of kids under 10. Her question is, how do we accomplish one-on-one time or play time in our family? Do you set aside 10 minutes each day for each kid? Rotate longer amounts of time weekly or really long times each month? My husband and I do this, but we haven't found a way to make it consistent. We're looking for suggestions. So what can we suggest? How do we, because you guys have a big family.
1: Yeah, that's a, it's a hard one. We I think we've done lots of different things. Um, over the years, we've we've tried different things. We've tried doing date nights mm. with each of the kids, and life gets kind of busy, right? You know, um,
0: especially the older they get. Yes, yeah.
1: and I think the most consistent we were was when we were we had a plan in place, mm. and we had a time set aside, and we sat down, and at the time we only had three kids. And one of them was a baby. And so it was two kids that we were really working with. Right. And we set aside, I think we had, what, 30 minutes? I think. I can't even remember. Um, It was something like 30 minutes that we were playing, and then we rotated. Mm. So I would play with one for 30 minutes, and then he would play with the other for 30 minutes. We did it a couple of times a week. And we had a we had a schedule set down, and we knew what we were going to do. And we we were flexible if things came up or whatever. But right. we really s- tried to have at least something on our calendars written down. Now, as we've gotten more kids, that's been harder, and finding those little minutes has not been as scheduled for us. Mm-hmm. And it's become more of a saying yes to our kids. Mm. Um, so. When they say, mommy, will you come play Dora with me? And I really want to just finish what I'm doing. I right. stop and say, sure, I can play Dora for five minutes. Mm. Or I can play Dora until like even just today. I was making some crackers and I was putting them in the oven and they needed to bake for eight minutes. And so I said, well, I can, I can play with you until the crackers come out of the oven. And she was perfectly content with that. Mm. Whereas you would think, well, if I don't spend thirty minutes, if I don't spend this chunk of time, then it might not be what they want. But she was perfectly content with that and this small goes, amount of time,
0: right? And that goes back to being able to you have given yeses before, right? And they they've also learned to accept no, absolutely, because there are times when you do have to say no, yes. And like okay. you said, it's you're not spending a, a significant amount of time.
1: No, I know. I mean, so. and it's and I don't think it's necessarily with every kid every day, right? Mm-hmm. We have six kids and we could spend 10 minutes with each kid every day if we were really planning out that time. But mm-hmm. we'd have to be very consistent with it because right. there are so many kids. We'd have to be very consistent with and it. And then
0: you almost become a slave to that schedule, right? right. that having the flexibility that you really need right. with and, a large family. so.
1: Well, and I think some kids need more time mm-hmm. to feel like they're connected Right and Some, some kids, kids might need do- more
2: time one day versus another day too right so right you know. I think what's important to note in there um is the shift um where it was being driven by us mm. so now the kids drive it right right it's it's and it you know it's a great way to get that need met because Kayla was literally upstairs for seven and a half minutes this afternoon mm. Um, but our daughter asked for it. She heard her mom say yes. They then engaged and then she was okay with it. So it's like you said, if you give them yes enough, mm. they can accept it. And it's gone from us really driving it to um, the kids now requesting time, you know, which includes daddy. Will you play beanie booze? Mm. I don't know what beanie boos <laughs> are, but, <laughs> but, but, you we, play. but we had a dance party. Um, that's imp- I think that's a really imp- key thing that over time yes. it will morph from being parent driven to being child driven but the other thing that I wanted to say is my view on the one on one time has changed a bit over the years mm. in that you know years ago, you know Kayla said we would schedule stuff on the calendar, we would be really, really intentional about that. but what I think I prefer now is the collective time mm. right, and that's only now that we're a place that all of our kids are old enough. That we can, they can comprehend stuff. So our, our house is neatly broken into um, three groups, the, the older kids, the middle kids, and the little. We call them the older kids, the middles, and the littles. The little, right. Um, and so one of our littles is nonverbal. And so she can participate in a lot of in a, lot, a lot of these things that, that require that that level. But so we'll have you know the two nine-year-olds and the five-year-old, and we'll play some sort of age-appropriate card game with them, mm. or we'll go and play some kind of game with the, our two oldest. And um, our children, like all of the children, think that the word "poop" is funny, <laughs> and so we have um, we have do. emoji Uno and the draw four. Wild card is a poop emoji. <laughs> so, uh, and even our five-year-old can play Uno. So, we'll sit around the kitchen table or the dining room table and play Uno with the kids. And so, I think that for me, at least, the the value in the one-on-one time has morphed. And so, now we're not just growing in relationship with with the children individually, which there is value in that, mm. absolutely. And there, yeah. but as you as you grow in relationship with your children and they get older, in our home, I feel like it's morphed from the more less of a focus on individual time with the children and more of a focus as a group because mm-hmm. I think we're growing together as a family mm-hmm. which which to me is really really super important and I think it's a place where we we're at in our journey Again, not to say that wanting the one-on-one time is is bad. It's very, very important, and I think it's more critical when when the children are younger, and when the children first come home, hmm. they really need that connection with the adults. But as they get more secure and feel safer in the home, I think the, the family thing becomes really, really important then too. And The thing I was thinking
0: about is the two of you have been talking about these examples and, and y'all's experience, relating this back to. Hannah and her husband's situation, looking at the ages that they're currently dealing with, six, four, two, and then 16. Mm -hmm. And they're waiting for 10 and 10 and under to be placed. You know, I'm thinking they might need like a kind of a hybrid solution there. Yeah, Like those, those younger kids might need a dedicated one-on-one time, but then like the, the, the six year old, if you get like an eight or a 10 year old placed, depending upon their level of connection, And that 16-year-old, they could be more of the ones that drive that time, like you guys were
1: talking about. Well, and I think when kids first come home, like several of theirs are bio kids, Mm. and I think when you have kids who are securely attached, whether they're biological kids or whether they're just, they're adopted kids that have been in your home for a while, Mm. right? When you have those kids that are securely attached, they're going to be able to, like Ryan said, come to you and say, hey, will you do this with me, Mm. right? And so our older kids will come to us um, and say, hey, will you come play a game with me? Can we go for a bike ride? Can we read a book together or whatever? I mean, they will seek that time out because they know they can ask. And even if the answer is no, they're okay with it, Mm. right? Like we were talking about, when these new kids come home, when they're fostering and these new kids come home, they're going to need a plan in place for those kids specifically, mm. Mm. but in that the other kids are going to want it too, right? Because they've got those little ones right. um, and they're not really going to understand. And so you're going to have, so you're looking at having these kids that are there and then the foreign exchange students. So it's a big dynamic of different um, ages and different stages of attachment and connection. Mm-hmm. And so I think you you look at what are your kids like to do, what do they enjoy doing with you, and then setting a timer. I remember hearing Dr. Purvis when she talked about her kiddos when they were little, mm. and she'd have one little baby, and then she'd have an older one that was older by like two or three years, right? right? Toddler, and would say, "Mama, I need some attention." And <laughs> I can't. She said it was so cute how she would say it. And she said, so she literally taught her son to just say, Mommy, I need some attention. And then she would she would say, okay, as soon as I finish feeding the baby or as soon as I finish this, we're going to set the timer. And so from that kind of morphed into kind of how we'll do it. If our kids are asking for some one-on-one time or we're feeling like they really need some one-on-one time, mm. where we're going to set the expectation up front and say, we're going to do this for 10 minutes and we're going to set a timer and then that when that timer goes off, we can of course ask for compromises and stuff like that.
2: Chris, I think you said something interesting a little bit ago, and that is that the the child's needs mm. they they change; they're they're variable. And I think one of the important things that we had to that we had to learn, I think, would be remiss if we didn't communicate. And that is that you know you can have schedules and you can have calendars and you can write stuff down. But you have to be flexible Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, I truly believe that that circumstances dictate tactics. Tactics don't dictate circumstances. Right. Right. So because the reality of life is going to inform what you're able to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over the years, as the kids get older too, I think you have to be aware of how their needs change. And one of the things that we've we've asked our kids before, particularly if they're getting dysregulated, is um, do you need some attention? You know, and sometimes that looks like um, I've seen Kayla sit in, in the swing with the kids in her lap. And I think that we also have to, if we really want this to be a time of connection and, and togetherness, right? Because I think sometimes we think that all all activity in a family has to be building, has to be like actively building a relationship. But I think you can passively build a relationship too. And what I mean by that is that sometimes some of our kids, the, the what they're craving is to sit in our lap and watch an episode of their favorite TV show. Mm-hmm
1: that physical touch. They just want that closeness without having to have the threatening of having to have a conversation. Yes, sometimes
2: Sometimes without having the conversation. And sometimes they just want to just sit there and just kind of be together without saying something. And I think that we have to lose a lot of our, our firmly held beliefs on what we think quality time is because... There are a lot of relationship experts out there that will tell you that you know do not involve any kind of screen media if you want to actually have actual quality time, mm. and I just reject that completely, right? Um, because we have had some of the best quality time with our kids who, like Kayla said, can't handle the one-on-one because it's stressful for them. Mm because they're afraid that you might ask them a question that they don't know the answer to, or you might ask them a question about their past, or you may want to talk about something, because we love to talk about stuff, right? And so, um, you know, our kids love Master Chef Junior, and um, we sat down, Uh, all jumped on the couch under some blankets a few weeks ago and watched like three episodes in a row. And we never do that with the kids. We never allow them to have that much TV coming into their brains. Mm. But that was just a really great time of bonding. Our uh, our two oldest were out of town with Kayla's parents. And so we had the rest of the crew and just sit in, in our laps and made popcorn and snacky dinner, which is like cheese and crackers and olives and, you know, lunch meat and just kind of enjoyed each other and just kind of had this real sort of nothing moment, but it was really, really great. Mm. So I think that we have to be willing to be um, creative, and I think that we have to be willing to not necessarily reject old ideas, but at least evaluate old ideas and see if they make sense in the context of our families. Yeah, What you said about that that passive attention, we,
0: we had that happen just this evening before I came over here to record, um, because the the kids after school activities on this particular evening of the week, we don't eat dinner until later. And it's usually because, you know, I'm getting one kid from one place and my wife's getting another kid from another place. No one's at home fixing a meal. And it just happens that our favorite Mexican restaurant has kids night on Thursdays. We're recording this on a Thursday shocker. And, uh, so the kids eat for 99 cents each. Mm -hmm. And, um, so we, we met up there and, uh, my my youngest, I had him. We got there first, and their kids menu has like uh, tic tac toe boards and a word find and a couple of little things on it. And he wants to play tic tac toe with dad, and we're sitting on a, a, a bench. You know, it's a bench on one side, of a table and uh, two chairs on the other side of the table, and so we're, we're squeezed up against each other, and we play tic tac toe. And then he was just very content to just go do the word find, and the other stuff on him on his own, but he was still snuggled up against me the whole time. Yeah. And he just needed, like you were saying earlier, Ryan, he just needed that touch. Right.
1: He just wanted to be he, close he, to you, you and know, just know we, you were there with right. him.
0: Once we finished tic-tac-toe, yeah. he really didn't need dad engaging with him anymore, yeah. but he just wanted the, the
2: touch and the
0: closeness. Yeah.
2: And, and, and I think that it's it's a great place to be in where our presence is the kind of time our kids want, mm-hmm. like the kids want. and they don't necessarily want us to, to actively engage them. They don't necessarily they do sometimes want that obviously, but sometimes they just want to sit in your lap. Mm. And to me, um, it's hard for me to sit still. My wife doesn't sit still very well either. And so we sound like, well, you guys are just, you know, copping out and being lazy because you're sitting down and watching TV. But for us to sit down and watch Barbie's dream house again, <laughs> is really a, a sacrificial act of the will. Let's just be honest. Is, with each absolutely. Other right so, um, you know, I find that's a really great way, but you know, we talk about this a lot, um, becoming the world's leading expert in your your children. And so I know that some of my kids, um, if if we load them up and go to a coffee shop and buy them a hot chocolate, that like is the greatest thing ever. They Mm -hmm. can't believe how how great that is. Like our 13-year-old daughter, um, I took her to a coffee shop a few weeks ago and and we didn't do anything because she's not like necessarily the most chatty person. She does like to sort of be left alone. And I feel like, Sometimes the mistake we've made with her is we try to go well if we can just like pull her out of her shell that's we're doing her a favor yeah. and some people are introspective and introverts and that's okay and so we sat down at the coffee shop we spoke for a few minutes while they made our drinks and then we both put headphones on she um brought her, took her drawing stuff and, and was drawing and was sketching some some um, characters and I opened my um, computer and like worked on a blog post. And she loved it, and I loved it because for for me with her, that's really really special that we both understand that we're so, we're now secure enough in this relationship thing that we don't have to fill the dead air with chatter. Mm-hmm. We can just be together. Right, and I think that you know. The idea of, of having quality time with 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 people in your life is good, but I think that you know just understanding that just being together is of so much value. I feel like that's that's really important to me now, where I am in life, and and some of my kids are kind of getting that place too. Where if we can just be together, mm-hmm. that's really really good for us. Well, that's not to say that your your example there with your daughter,
0: you're you're both present with each other, even though you're not actively engaging. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that we're we're kind of giving permission for you to be present but not present. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. you, you, what I heard in that story was that you're both so securely attached that you're present with each other but not engaging with one another. But if either one of you wanted to suddenly engage with the other one, you could. Yes. And that, I think, is what our kids are really looking for. They're okay with you not actively engaging with them as long as they're in your presence and they know... That if they need to engage with you, you're going to respond.
2: Yeah, because taking Tori to the coffee shop, um, I, I've come to understand that, that really it's about giving her what she needs mm. and not give, about me giving her what I want mm. or about me giving her what I think she needs. Because I think when we were younger in our parenting journey, we had these ideas about what people needed and we try to, and we try to force the time artificially. Mm-hmm. But I know that, that my 13-year-old daughter sitting across from me at a coffee shop while she's working on her art is just really like a lot of fun for her. Hmm. She she doesn't need to engage in the conversation. She'd rather engage in the pictures and the fact that her and dad spoke in the car on the way to the coffee shop and we got to the coffee shop and we got our coffee and our little muffin or whatever and just kind of, and just didn't, actively disengaged each other, mm. but passively were present mm-hmm. because it's not like I'm on my phone while she's trying to talk to me. Right. See, that's to me, that, that's different. Obviously that's me not being present with my child, mm-hmm. but even when we're not actively engaging each other in conversation, we felt present with each other the whole time. Right. A much more eloquent way of what I was trying to say. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm going to remember this moment when somebody called me eloquent.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's, um, I think it's hard when you have littles mm. to kind of find that balance because, you know, our kids are not all now older where I can get all my kids to go and do something while I spend 10 minutes with one kid. Yep. And I think when you have those little bitty ones all together, and I don't know, you know, when you've got the little ones and then you've got one teenager, maybe that teenager's helpful, um, but maybe not. You know, sometimes you've got a teenager that's super helpful and can keep the other kids but I think what we did a lot when ours were little is we took turns in the evenings when we were both home, mm-hmm. and we made sure that we could say, "Okay, well, I'm going to go play this for a little bit. Can you handle the, you know, other kiddos while I while I play for a few minutes or whatever?" And I think we were able to do that. Um, I think it would be harder if one of us had traveled, right. or if you know our work schedules were different. You know, when we were. Uh, when our kids were younger, we both worked um, outside the home. And so the evenings were our time together, but our kids went to bed early so we Mm. could play with the kids and then still have time for us. So I think you just have to find what works. I don't think it has to be big and elaborate. I don't think it has to be um, going and doing things. I think we try and like once a month, we do kind of a family thing where we'll do a family game night or we'll do a family movie night or we try and do that about once a month. And then throughout the rest of the month, our schedule pretty much looks like, well, I'll spend a little time with this one today, but we don't have a set schedule. I honestly would really like to have more of a consistent way to make sure that those kids that don't ask Mm -hmm. for time are getting the time because the ones that ask are getting it because Mm -hmm. we're going to say yes. The ones that don't ask are the ones that probably need it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so I would love to have a, a more consistent way of doing that, but I don't really have a great schedule for it right now, or a great way.
2: I think one of the things, uh, Chris, you mentioned that they have a 16-year-old. Yes. Um, one of the blessings we're finding is that as our children are getting older, um, they're able to, to be more helpful, like our 15-year-old son. Well, he's at a place now where we can... Run short errands out of the house, and and he's in, and he can be in charge of the tribe, right? Um, so having that sixteen-year-old, and you have to make sure then that you also engage that person. Right? That you don't do they just don't feel like, um, they don't just feel like they're the living babysitter. The living babysitter, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and you know, and then you also have to find out, figure out what you like to do as a family, right? So um, to varying degrees in our family, everybody likes racing, and what that means is. Um, go-karts and there's a track not too far from our house and they're you know every now and then we'll have a group on we can get like you know unlimited racing for two hours mm. and we buy a bunch of those cards and um, go down to the go-kart track and just race and they have like two-seaters so we can put the littles in it and now our son's old enough that he can actually drive one of the two-seaters so we can get every and everybody's tall enough for the big go-kart track mm. and um, for his birthday and, th- and this is kind of where it comes full circle, getting back to that. They're engaged and they're asking for it. And we asked him what he wanted to do for his birthday. And, he's, and he immediately said, just, I just want to go race go-karts for two hours at just, just our house. Mm. He didn't want friends. He didn't want family, other family there. He just wanted it to be. So we did. We went um, one Sunday um, at about noon, went down there and we raced go-karts for two hours and we all went away at home happy. And, and they all loved it. And that's, to me, that's one of my favorite memories of twenty eighteen uh, 2017. I have, I have <laughs> foreseen this will be one of my favorite memories. Um, no, it's one yet. of my favorite memories of the year so far for two reasons because it was just a lot of fun doing this thing together, but because that's what my son wanted to do. Mm-hmm. He He didn't want to, you know, he didn't want for his 15th birthday to think his parents were lame and run off with his friends. Mm-hmm. He wanted to engage us and he wanted us to be part of it. So I feel like over the years, those little seeds of time, and they are important, will eventually start bearing fruit when the kids get older and they will they will want to go, hey, I want to hang out with mom and dad. Because Kayla and I talk about this often when we teach. Um, we really feel that that one of the, the, the measures of, this, of, of, of parenting is the strength of the relationship we have with our children when they leave our home. Mm-hmm. Because I want my kids to come back home on Christmas because they want to see mom and dad, not because they feel obligated to. Right. And I feel like that's what we're trying to do when we do these, these relational things with the kids.
0: Well, Hannah, we hope that has given you some ideas on how you might be able to incorporate that playtime in your household as your family expands with placements. If you have a question for us, there are many, many ways to get in contact with us. Hannah emailed us, which you can do so at tapestry at irvingbible.org. You can also post to us on Facebook, at Tapestry IBC. And, uh, well, Twitter has recently expanded to 280 characters for everyone. And if you can fit your question into, into that many letters, you can also tweet it to us at Tapestry IBC. Uh, Ryan, Kayla, thank you again for being on the podcast.
1: Thanks, Chris. Love
0: it to hang out again. And, Kayla, we have something new for our podcast listeners.
1: Yes, we just created a Facebook group just for f- podcast listeners. So if you go on Facebook, you can search "Tapestries Empowered to Connect Podcast Community." And there's not very many li- there's not very many people, just the three of us so far. <laughs> so we would love for you to join us in that group, and then we can answer questions. You can post questions there, and we can just kind of converse with other people that are um, listening to the podcast and kind of hearing some of the same things. And we'd just love to get a conversation started about some of these and maybe answer some more questions that way too.
0: And like Hannah, if you're including some praise for the podcast in your questions, which we love, thank you very much. We would also ask that you write us a review on the iTunes or Google play stores. You can search for tapestry adoption podcast to find them in either of those locations. Empowered to Connect is the training and support community of Tapestry, the adoption and foster care ministry of Irving Bible Church in Irving, Texas. You can check the show notes for relevant links from this and other episodes and find more resources on our website, empoweredtoconnect.org. Thanks for listening.